We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on everybody welcome to striking gold your 49ers podcast on the blue wire network my name is rob louder i cover the 49ers for blue wire and maybe niners nation again here pretty soon uh joining me tonight is my co-host of the beast that is niners nation itself kyle posey also known as kp what's up man come on back rob I know, I'm doing man. well, man. What uh, we got Fourth of July weekend coming up? You got anything going on? Uh, I think I am going. Thankfully, uh, I grew up at a house with like two and a half acres, a go kart track in the backyard. That's also butts up against my uncle's house, who also has two and a half acres. They tore down the fence that was in between the houses, so uh, that's like where I grew up. So you can imagine, I've 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 crashed anything with a motor in it. So I. Uh, I'm going to go back over to my parents' house. My parents are out of town. They're in there. They bought a studio in Hawaii, and that's where they are right now. So I'm going to go over to the parents' house with my little brother, and we are going to barbecue uh, with our ladies and a couple of buddies, and we might do some swimming and let, setting off some some fireworks and maybe some other explosive things and and that sort of thing. Can't Should be, be a good time. Can't what about bad. you, man? Are you doing anything uh uh, friends family yeah nothing planned yet it it usually happens where we just kind of fall into a barbecue so right. I imagine i imagine that's what's going to happen i will be by a grill and that's all that matters yeah you know what i, I genuine and i'm not going to pass judgment on anybody because i had a, like i said i had a different upbringing where obviously it's very easy to put on a fireworks show where i grew up and, and not disturb anybody because there's just enough space um but I was genuine. Twitter introduced me to I hate fireworks Twitter <laughs> or the I hate fireworks people. I didn't even know those existed. I didn't even know that was a thing until, you know, obviously as my presence on Twitter grew, I began to hear more and more about how much people hate fireworks. And 
I was, I was like, almost like I felt bad. I was like, they've been such a, a fun part of my life. Now, obviously I'm a former military guy. I've always appreciated loud noises and, and things that go boom a little bit, but, um, I didn't know people had such a disdain for fireworks. So Twitter hates everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what Twitter likes. You could say, so like I'm watching Loki uh, on HBO max. Check it out. If you haven't, Rob, I know I've told you to do that, but it's you did, really you good. And okay. there are people that don't like that show. Like, if you guys don't like Loki, what do you like? They hate right. every day. It doesn't matter, man. There are 49ers fans who probably listen to this who don't like the 49ers. <laughs> you, yeah, dude, you, you could, you could probably, I could just tweet, I love the 49ers on Twitter, and there'd probably be a 49ers fan that would argue with me about yeah. it. Be like, you're the media, you hate them. <laughs> There's so, no doubt about it. Right. And it's anybody who knows anything about me knows my Twitter handle used to be SendCalFaithful, and I was a 49ers fan, and that's what got me into covering the team. So that would be funny. Somebody would tell me that, though, 100%. Wait, your at was what? SendCalFaithful, meaning Central California Faithful. Terrible at. It was pretty bad. (laughs) But it is what it is. Mine, before I change it, was Express Yourself, um, Express with one S, underscore yourself, do not recommend. That sounds like it was a, like a business would have bought your <laughs> would have bought your uh, your handle. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that reminds me of uh, my first Xbox Live gamer tag was these nuts in your face. <laughs> uh, show me your TDs 05 right here, baby. <laughs> and uh, and what's funny too is my fantasy name going on, and I, everybody in my league changes their fantasy name every year. Based on you know like the players on their team, mine has been big ass TDs for like six years, seven years now, and I'm, I'm not changing it because I love there's, it. I don't. I don't yeah. think I can upgrade on. It. There's so, no getting better than that, so don't even try. Yeah, I'm not even not even worried about it. But yeah, I had that that Xbox Live gamer tag for about like, and we're talking about original. Oh, it would have been Xbox 360. Is that what came after the original Xbox? What came after the original Xbox? I think it was Xbox 360. 360, then the one, right? Yeah, I've been playing Xbox. I don't know. Yeah, I've been playing Xbox Live since before it was created. I was actually playing where you had to hook your Xbox up to a computer, and it was called Xbox Connect. And there was a program you could run through your computer that would link you up to other players using Xbox Connect. The connection was terrible. Whoever hosted the game would just stomp on the other person because they would be so far behind connection-wise. So I've been playing Xbox Live for a long time. So that was my first gamer tag, and it was banned after about six months. I was told I had to change it, and and then I, I went with I went through a couple other iterations, but it's been uh, it's been Simple Jack for, for quite a while now from uh, Tropic Thunder. You've been gaming for on the internet for what over eleven years now. You just hipster uh, way, being next Xbox. Way longer than that. Uh, when I mean, whenever I mean before before it was online, it was lands. We would have land parties where everybody would bring their their twenty two inch tube TV yeah. and an Xbox and a fifty foot Ethernet cable. Um, <laughs> like, dude, I've been gaming forever, man. Whenever whenever the original Xbox came out, is is when I've been gaming online, I'm like looking it up right now. And I know everybody listening, this is exactly what you tuned in to, to hear well, is, is us talking about gamer tags and Twitter handles and fireworks. This is just what you're, what you're here to hear. And I'm, I'm glad to have you 2001. So foot extension cords, 
Right. You could say I've been online gaming for the last 20 years. That's dedication, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big, big gamer. Big old gamer. Not, uh, I, I, at one time, at one point in my life, I had a chance to, um, start playing Halo professionally, like getting paid to play it and on tournaments and stuff. But I was a sophomore in college. My grades were, I was a straight A student getting horrible grades because I played Halo 2 nonstop. And I came to a point where I was like, playing games professionally would be cool, but my parents are paying for my college right. and I want to get a degree. So I should probably like straighten myself out here. You got to stop playing so, Halo for 12 hours a day. Right. I used to, uh, I used to go over to my buddy's house. It was two twins that were both insanely good at the game. They kicked my ass at a Halo tournament. And I said, okay, I need to play with these guys. And so I started playing with them, got as good as they were. I used to go over to their house. Uh, I'd play till like four or five in the morning. I'd be coming home as the sun went up. My dad would be leaving to go to the gym and he'd be like, hey, son, good morning. I'd be like, hey, good night, dad. And I'd go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I was dedicated, man. But anyways, anyway, so for anybody that's just kind of freaking out on the other end of this, on the other end of the speaker, the fact that we're not talking about 49ers, there's not exactly a lot of 49ers to talk about right now. Uh, The highlight was their team friendly State of the Union, State of the Franchise event that was just held. We're recording this on uh, Thursday evening. It was held on Wednesday. Uh, I mean, it was cool. I guess you could say the headline is the introduction of the 94 throwbacks. Uh, essentially, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's essentially the same uniform as the whites, just the reds. Um Pretty pretty sharp. What do you? I mean, they got the little drop shadow on the numbers, which is a little dated, but at the same time, a little classic element to it. It's got the three stripes. You got the good stripe going down the pants. They they they've got the alternate helmet helmet with the simplified uh, SF logo. What do you think of those things, KP? I do like them, and I mean, I'm not going to act like they're the best things ever, but they are good jerseys, and they are good jerseys for the 49ers. I like the three stripes on the sleeves. Um, I'm not sure if that's popular or not, but I think it makes the numbers pop a little bit in the middle. Um, other than that, I yeah, I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to add. You know, the all whites are nice, but um, we're going to see them a lot. I think that's kind of surprising how they said, you know, they're going to be in six games. So you have the home opener against the Packers, which, duh, you have the Colts, the Rams, Seattle, Atlanta, and Tennessee. So. We'll see the Reds and the Whites this year. I, I kind of like that idea of changing it up. Is that your favorite jersey? Is that what you, would you say that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think that these jerseys, in the way they've they look on, you know, the modern uniform, you know, because obviously an NFL jersey, just straight up the jersey and the way it's created nowadays, looks way different than what jerseys looked like back in the nineties. You know, they're sure. they're way more form fitting and and sharp looking, and um, they just look good. Like it. It is a throwback, but it doesn't look like a throwback. You know, like the 49ers could go with these uniforms and no one's going to be like, oh, they look like an old NFL team. It just looks good. Like, it looks good. And, you know, I think the drop shadows get a little bit of a heat, especially in the de- – I got a graphic design degree, so I know that drop shadows kind of like were created to get heat. But at the same time, when you're talking about looking at these players from afar and on camera, they're going to look good and they're going to pop. and I'm excited about them. It's cool. I mean, the three shot, the three stripes look on the sleeves look way better than what they were doing, where the the stripe was actually made to look at it like it was like at an angle, and it got 
deliberately cut off underneath the sleeve. You know what I'm talking about? Like right, right, right. it was like two or three years ago and, and before they updated the uniform and that always looked bad. I like the three stripes. I, I think everything about them looks cool. I like it. They look clean. Um, obviously the team had to take advantage of the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is still just an insanely good looking human being Doesn't hurt. Uh, because he was, despite the fact that the writing's on the wall, he was basically in almost every single one of the throwback pictures, uh, making it look good. Um, you also had Jerry Rice who just, you know, just hangs around. <laughs> He's hanging around. When will his parking pass get revoked? <laughs> I know, man. One day he's just gonna he's just gonna swipe the tag and it's gonna be a red light and he's gonna yeah. go. <laughs> okay, uh, about these jerseys, real quick. So we were talking about you're talking about the shadowing and uh, do you like that black outline or because of the other one? You know, you just have the white and nothing else. Which one? Which one is better? Well, the the whites have the you know the whites have the same drop shadow. Those look great. This has it. It looks good, dude. It looks good. I like it. I like it. I think it's bold. And like I said, when you're looking at these. They're not meant to necessarily be enjoyed from up close. You know, you're going to be seeing these players on the field from a camera's angle. They look good. I like them. And I like the idea that they're giving more run to the red and the white. Yes. To me, it's almost like, I mean, do you switch to these uniforms or does that remove the specialness of it? I mean, if it, they're going to be in, so we're going to have what? Four games of the reds and two games of the whites. And then you have the other home and away games. Um, besides those so if if they're in six games right now and you have in 2022 the alternate helmets coming i think we're gonna be uh pretty close to these being the norm right right i mean i, I don't i don't think the team needs to really make like there there doesn't need to be a decision like i'm not gonna freak out if they don't switch to these like they look good and i, I just hope they keep using them um i you know as as much as they were hated now that the league is okayed alternate helmets I would love to see them reintroduce some element of the black jersey. It doesn't have to be the same ones, uh, but now that you can do an alternate helmet, like do you could you can you imagine like an all black and gold with like red? I don't know, man. I don't know what, what it would look good, but you know, an all like flat black 49ers helmet with that red logo popping, like that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be pretty crazy. Just because I'm I'm trying to think of what type of helmet they would have. You have to go like black matte, right? Right. Where yes, you, just, you would have to. Uh, no, that would that would look good. I've seen some helmets where they have that black with the gold stripe. Yeah, that would look good. You like that? Yeah, I mean, obviously they want to. They they wouldn't have to when they went with the black uniforms. It was just red and black, and the only gold was on the helmet and on like the little Nike logo. So I mean, you could do a primarily black and gold, but then you're kind of flirting with the Saints, so. I'm sure right. they'd have to find a way to integrate red into it. But now that they have shown up with that, you could always do the same black uniforms with the red stuff with some gold. I know that a lot of people said, man, if those numbers only had like a gold outline, and I believe it was kind of Photoshopped in a couple of places to show what it would look like. But you could uh, black helmet, uh, red emblem with a red face mask. Uh, I mean, dude, there there could be all kinds of ways. Yeah, true, true. I'm, I'm like looking, th- I'm like looking through pictures right now. Yeah, here's a picture of Eric Reed, and they've got it's the all black jerseys with a thin gold striping on either side of the pant stripe and around the numbers, and it looks real clean. The only thing, and I know Biederman complained about this, is it was hard to read the the numbers and the players' names. But oh yeah, yeah. but my big thing is if they're if they're allowing alternate helmets now, 
uh, a black uniform with a flat black helmet is uh, is the way to go. You know, we'll like, figure out who he is. I've always thought it was funny too that the Raiders, to me, have access or their their color palette is like one of the coolest in the NFL. Like black, silver, and white. Like as far as like creating a uniform, you'd think you'd be able to create create one of the most badass uniforms in the NFL, and their uniforms suck. Nope. Yep. <laughs> they like do not. They don't look good at all. Like I, I've always been disappointed. I was like, dude, if I had black as one of my colors, my uniforms would be so black. People would be complaining. Like it, it's just they just missed the mark. But anyways, so they introduced the '94 throwbacks along there. Can I keep using the white throwbacks, which is great because they both look super sharp. They have they have the the white pants they're going to wear with them look really good too. Uh, I like those. I think they lo- it looks good, especially. I also like being able to see when a football player gets super dirty. Like it's just cool. I like that. It's just it's just cool. Um, so Old I mean, those school. are cool. Kind of in relation to my my little sister actually already bought today because they went on sale today, I believe. Yeah, Fred, Fred uh, Warner sold out pretty quick on Thursday. Yeah, my little sister scored a a Trey Lance uh ninety four red throwback, and I nice. and I, said, I told her that was a good purchase. You know, somebody that's likely going to be around for we'll be a able while. To use that, right? Right. Because I mean, what's funny? Funny story. And this, like I said, goes back to when I was very much a 49ers fan, um, and I still am. I you just have to compartmentalize that stuff in order to do a good job covering a team. Like you can't just be fanned out. Um, I own what I'm very confident is the very, very first on-field DeForest Buckner jersey. Oh, when they drafted him, I he was like my unequivocal draft crush, one of my biggest draft crushes of all time. And they drafted him, and I was like, "Boom! I'm right now. I'm ordering this. The, it's the one that's you know, it's the on field one with the stitched on 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 name and like everything. And I just and it wasn't even released yet, so I had to create it with the the 99 and the and the thing so i i own in my closet the there's absolutely no way to prove this but the uh the very first on-field deforest buckner jersey that now and he plays for the colts so that's the story of jerseys right there <laughs> don't do that's, it it's a trap it is man buying the player's jersey is god is i love like coming out of oregon too man dude um, so good so good so it's 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 a shame it, it went down the road it did but I had him. I'm looking at. Um, I had a big board from 2016. Jalen Ramsey, Zeke Elliott, um, Bosa. I believe he was in there. Yeah, Joey Bosa, and then DeForest Buckner. Those. What a draft! Jeez. Yeah. Well, and and who was it on the Chargers that was super lobbying for them to draft Buckner? Ooh. Was there a, was, yeah, there was a player that wanted them to draft Buckner. Chargers, Buckner, I don't think that's going to do it. Anyways. Yeah, because I thought, I thought, I was, I did not think they were going to go with Bosa, even though obviously that was a smart move. I thought they were going to be one that took Buckner. Them or the Ravens, which would were, which were one pick ahead of the 49ers, and neither of them did. They went Ronnie Stanley. And uh, I was like, damn, it happened. It's pretty sweet. Um, and it, in, in relation to the jerseys, two things kind of that relate to each other. Fans are coming back to Levi Stadium. They've officially announced um, 
that fans are coming back. The stadium is expected to be 100% full. Uh, you do not have to show whether or not you're vaccinated at the gate. Uh, obviously, they, they said if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Uh, if you're not, they encourage you to. All that, you know, it. What it's just cool to know that next season at Levi's Stadium, there will be, I don't know, whatever it is, 60-something thousand people in the stands. Last year sucked, man. Last it year, was horrible. The games were so – it wasn't boring. It just wasn't the same. You don't have that same energy because, especially defenses, they feed off the crowd, especially on third down. You know, you have – what do they do? You see the defensive line look over before the ball snapped, and, like, they're waving their arms up in the air, like, come on, get loud, get loud. Um, in 2019, I felt like the 49ers were, like, incredibly interactive with just the fans and the crowd and – I just didn't get that last year at all. Even in Arizona in December, when there were like, what, a couple thousand fans that were allowed there, it just wasn't the same at all. Um, So, no, it's nice that football will be back to normal and that we will get to see those jerseys first thing, week three against the Packers. And Jordan Love, baby. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. (laughs) We'll see. That'll be funny, man. That. That 49ers defensive line would be licking their chops. Yeah, but, yeah I'd feel bad for him. Um, I mean, yeah, it's exciting. Obviously, you hope everything goes well in terms of COVID. We don't end, end up hearing about anything, any negative. But at the same time, you got to realize that that's going to happen in September. It, we're kind of easing our way towards that. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully everything goes well. And what sucks about it for the 49ers is for the first few years, and it was wholly because the 49ers weren't winning a whole lot of football games, but the crowd at Levi Stadium pretty much sucked. You know, there just wasn't a lot of energy there. The, the stands were rarely full unless it was a primetime game. And it, it just was a pretty lifeless experience. And going into last year, before or the last season before COVID, obviously the 49ers Super Bowl run, Winning games helps. It's the ultimate remedy. Yes. But that stadium had life. It had pop. It was loud. It was it was a legitimate home field advantage. And it just sucked that the 49ers had to, you know, kind of dash that and, and, and get rid of that or put that on the on the table on the back burner while the COVID stuff ran its course. And hopefully I don't see them having any problem returning to that. Like I said, winning has to be the it has to be there. But fans are just going to be so damn excited to get back in the building and tailgate and you know drink and food. And the 49ers season ticket holders now have like an exclusive menu where you get basically get free food. Nice. You know, you paid more for your season tickets, but at the same time, you now have free food. You can eat, eat as many like hot dogs. It's not this massive menu, but it's pretty sweet. And so it'll be cool. And not, in addition to fans coming back to Levi Stadium, uh, the 49ers have said that they will be holding training camp. I don't think it's training camp in its entirety, um, but they will be holding training camp within Levi Stadium. Maybe it will be the entire tra- or a, a huge Have chunk a of it. there or something? Well, they're going to open up training camp to the fans. And, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming that this benefits them because it's been so long since that – that stadium staff and security and crew have ran a game there that they can kind of get little practices themselves with training camp, which again, given the fact that these fans have not been able to be at a game in so long, those are going to, if they're going to, as long as they don't put a limit on the amount of fans that are allowed to attend, it's going to be even training camp is going to be popping. Oh, I mean, 
every every game at Levi Stadium during the first half of the season is going to be a great time. So Packers, Sunday Night Football, week three. Next week, Seattle comes to town. Two weeks later, DeForest Buckner comes to town, Sunday Night Football. And then in two weeks, you have the Cardinals and the Rams. So you have division opponents, DeForest Buckner, Aaron Rodgers. Come on, man. Like it's, I know, dude. It'll be a ton of fun. It's going to – the energy is going to be insane, dude. It's it, it's getting me excited just talking about it. It's it's truly going to be something else. Um, so, I mean, it, again. Expectations. It, it's got to be about that, right? We got to talk yep. about that because Kyle Shanahan said that we have a chance to do anything that we want, and that's all you can ask for. Uh, he obviously said there's a lot of work ahead of them, and it starts with every single person in the building, blah, blah, blah. But he said he wants to win a Super Bowl, and John Lynch added that. You know, he thinks the teams improve and they improve their depth, and there's always attrition. But he said, but I do think we're better. And that gives you an opportunity that you give you a chance and just kind of got to wait and see now. But I, I wonder what the vibe or what the message that they're sending to the players is because, I mean, if you look around, yes, there are talented players. But do you tell your players, like, hey, this is it. Like, we got to go for it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the big thing is, is, is these are, it's not like when I coach middle schoolers, seventh and eighth graders. Same thing. I can, <laughs> I can say things to gas them up. That may not be wholly accurate, you know, like <laughs> they may just get to get, we know that they're about to get absolutely demolished. Like just four or five years ago, we had to play against Kendall Belton, who is now the starting running back for uh, Georgia Bulldogs. And he touched the ball five times and scored four times. So it, I I had to tell those guys like look you know like you cannot back down you can, you you have a chance you have to compete you never know and that all those things are true but you kind of in the back of your mind knew what was about to happen especially when you talk about talent like that like talent that's destined to get a shot at the pros and stuff like that like it you just that, man. yeah it, it you just know what's gonna happen like go watch Jadeveon Clowney's high school highlights those. Those other the opposing team did not have a chance. Do you know so, who Spencer Rattler is? Yeah. The are you talking about the quarterback? Yes. Coached against him two years ago. That's gotta um, be a good time. Did not go well. <laughs> as the, <laughs> as the person in charge of like putting together the game plan and in charge of the secondary and stuff, uh did not go well. But it's there's only so much you can do, but just back to your point, 
you can tell them that. You can tell these middle schoolers, these high schoolers that. But as a mid-20s, 30s, like they know. And they don't fall for the same rah-rah because that's what, you know, probably got saved in most college coaches out of the NFL because that doesn't work in the NFL. Right. I'm glad you were picking up what I was putting down. But I do think I think the 49ers players in that locker room knows what they are capable of. They don't need to hear it from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. I think everybody in that building knows that you can compete for a Super Bowl. Like, and, and I felt like, I, what was it, a few podcasts ago with you that I said, I think this 49ers roster could compete and beat the 49ers roster that went to the Super Bowl. Now, is it like dramatically better or is it dramatically, is it even better? Maybe not, but it could compete with it. Like it can hold a candle to it. And so I think that this team is capable of doing everything they did on a Super Bowl run. It's, it's just so many things have to go right for that to happen. You have to get the lucky breaks in games. You have to win the close ones. And more importantly, players have to stay healthy. Even more importantly, your quarterback has to stay healthy and good things happen. So it's not, it's, it doesn't just come down to how good the roster is. I mean, obviously that's what somebody like a GM, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, the head coach are going to say, but it just doesn't come down to just that. There's a lot of luck involved. (laughs) Like, Yeah, Think about I, it before the 2019 season started. What was the expectations like? I think I predicted the team would go nine and seven. Yeah, I think anything anything above like an eight, I thought anything above an eight and eight was gravy. Yeah, like that was that was really optimistic. So you talk about the breaks, and that's a good point because the way the ball bounces in football, you just can't control that, man. And they had a lot of bounces go their way during 2019. And of course, you know, there you're going to remember the times that didn't. But you don't go 13 and three without a little luck involved, especially in the NFL because. There's always going to be injuries, and they were able to overcome those, too. Think about it, man. So no tart in the for all of December. And there's Sherman set out. Uh, Kevin Williams set out in December for a game. And then in the middle of the year, Staley and McGlinchey both went down. And they were still able to weather that storm. That is not normal. Like Teams don't lose those quality and those caliber of players and still win. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting. But luckily – I think the schedule – well, maybe the schedule's on par with the early 2019 season. Now, that is a good point because you're talking about a team that, again, the 49ers have had a couple years where just given the quarterback injuries, they've drafted and they've got a schedule that didn't reflect the team. Like when they drafted Nick Bosa, they had a pretty – a decent schedule that year and they went all the way to the Super Bowl with a – and everybody stayed relatively healthy. And now they're kind of in that position again. A Jimmy Garoppolo injury put them in position to get somebody like Trey Lance, which that might not pay dividends right away like a Nick Bosa would, but the team is getting a fourth-place schedule, and the team is not a fourth-place team. So those are the little subtle breaks that have to go your way to, to so you can propel yourself all the way to where the 49ers in that year earned the number one seed they got that bye week. They had one of the easiest – they made it look easy. I'll say it that way. Playoff runs that I've ever seen. And then they're in the Super Bowl. So it, it, it breaks have to go their way. But, again, there, there's things that are setting themselves up for a pretty solid season. And with that said, on the inverse, on the other side of the coin, if this team doesn't go out there and win games, I think fans and everybody else will have a right to be a little disappointed. I think absolutely. First of all, first of all, we have to do away with comparing rookies to Nick Bosa. I think what we saw from <laughs> Kinlaw 
was pretty normal for a rookie last year. Like it's yeah. going to take an adjustment period. Nick Bosa is fourth in defensive player of the year voting this year. <laughs> he did not play last year. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you how well he played as a rookie, nothing else will. So yeah, man, it's uh they got they definitely had uh, some some good fortune there for sure. Right. Yeah. Nick and that what was it? Uh is it Andrew Whitworth, the tackle for the Rams? Yeah. I saw something recently where somebody asked him about Nick Bosa and he was like, he could not say enough good things about him. Like he was like, dude, this guy is like special. Oh, I you found know. it. I have it here. It was two day, a couple of days ago. Andrew Whitworth calls Nick Bosa one of the most powerful rushers he's faced. So that was like two times, right? <laughs> and Nick, Nick Bosa, as weird as this is going to sound, doesn't even have his, his grown man strength yet. Like he's a young dude. He is. And everything he has right now, He's only going to get stronger, which is weird. Because I have the quote here. It's Roll it. so what we're said. I think he's a special rusher. I think feeling him as a rookie, he's one of the most powerful kids I've ever felt. That young, really in the run game, pass game, everything. He's got some serious pop, and so I think there's some youth strength, as you mentioned. Good call, Rob. And then there's like man, when this guy kind of hits his stride, if he's that powerful now, wow, he's going to be that. He's going to be a guy that's going to be really hard to push out of the pocket and obviously plays with an incredible motor and he's a big brother to look up to who's a hell of a player too. And then he just added Nick has felt more powerful than when I feel when I feel Joey. Wow. He's got Nick has some rare power. I think he's got one. He's, he's going to be really special for sure. Uh, Andrew Whitworth agreed. <laughs> he is, man. And, and, and obviously this doesn't always equate because we got like guys like Sean Oakman who look like freaks, but you know, look like Tarzan but play like Jane type of thing. Ooh, but uh you have to see, and I know you have KP, you have to see Nick Bosa in person, like warming up on the field. Like this guy calling him like an action figure doesn't even do him justice. Like his legs are Seriously. like he is just this freak, dude. He's he's absolutely massive. He's got like a thirty-two inch waist, but then he's just got these massive legs, massive shoulders, huge. Like he's just like this freak athlete. Like, and that's why I've always thought he's he's the epitome of the you know obviously the 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 bright and shining example. But pass rushers are the freakiest athletes in the NFL. Like, no question about it. I've always thought out of every position. And this is kind of my goofy way of justifying it. If every position in the NFL became like we went back like a thousand years and everybody was like a warrior with like a spear and a sword and shit, pass rushers would kill everybody that because they're just these <laughs> pass rushers are just these massive dudes that still retain all of that freak athletic twitchiness. Are you saying guys who are 6'4", 270 pounds and run a 4'6", right. are not normal? No, they're not, man. They're not. I know I'm really breaking the mold here. No, but it, it is unreal. And I, I am glad you said that because I think we kind of overlooked that. Uh, and off, think about what offensive linemen have to do. We're just getting off way into a tangent here. But At least we're talking linemen, about football. Right, right. <laughs> so you are Mike McGlinchey, and you have Nick Bosa lined up across from you. Nick Bosa gets three steps to go forward to gain momentum and build up speed. You are going backwards. <laughs> how, is that, how is that fair? Against, you know, just human beings that have been gifted with the absolute epitome of genetic excellence. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's cool, man. I love it. I love it. And obviously Nick Bosa's got his own hurdles. He has to stay healthy because, that I mean, that's his third 
season ending injury in like four years, right? Yep. Or maybe it's a little more than that. Maybe it's five. Cause I know he had a, a torn ACL as a high school senior. And then I think he, he played one year at Ohio state. And then I then he had that core injury. Mm-hmm. And then now he had, a, had a, that ended that season. And then now he had a, has had a torn ACL, but it again, I'm not even, I don't even want to hint that he's injury prone. It, you're just playing a position that will always test what your body's ability is able to absorb no matter what, you know, it's kind of like when people have talked about Debo Samuel getting hurt and that's a different story because there's been little, little rumors here and there about how he prepares and how he may not be doing enough to make sure he's recovered or, or ready. But a guy who plays football like him is always going to be banged up. Like, yeah, like, look what they do every play, man. All right, it's They're your body just, every play. Right, right, right. So, hey, really quick, this is it's speaking of off topic. So, I stumbled upon a YouTube channel today, and I'm not even going to say the the name of it because I don't want to give them any credibility. <laughs> I don't want to give them any. It's not a 49ers YouTube, so I'm not like throwing shade at anybody. But I saw because. I was randomly suggested a video that said Allen Robinson was traded to the 49ers. Oh. And and I was like, and wow. it said a week ago, I was like, man, did I really miss something? <laughs> like, and uh, an obvious, so I click on their videos and it is the most hilarious shit I, that all the headlines are breaking and then an incorrect headline. So oh, it's man, so like this funny. most recent video is breaking. Tom Brady retires after seven rings. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> The the next one is Travis Kelsey traded to the Patriots. The next one is Derek Carr traded to the Dolphins. DeAndre Hopkins traded to the Colts. Patrick Mahomes traded to the Browns. Richard Sherman retires. Zach Taylor fired. Jalen Ramsey traded to the Vikings. Devontae Adams traded to the Eagles. Mike Tomlin fired. Allen Robinson traded to the 49ers. Like, dude, it's it's just like this. It's just an endless stream of videos that aren't real. And I just was like, what the fuck am I looking at? This is amazing. So the 49ers couldn't afford Julio Jones and his $15 million contract. So what do they do? They trade for Allen Robinson and his $17 million contract. (laughs) And go back. You could probably search by Twitter handle and the name Allen Robinson. I was, when he became a free agent, uh, where did he start his career? Uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, I was going to say Jaguars, right? And uh, when he became a free agent, I was pushed. He was like... My 49ers need to sign this guy number one uh, that offseason. And I was kind of met with quite a bit of resistance. I think, like, the general consensus was the 49ers didn't need him at, at the time. Because Jaguars? Or, like, people didn't know how good of a player he was or all the above? It, 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 I think it had most to do with 49ers fans thinking that they had, like, Crabtree and Bolden and were good to go. Mm. Or, or I, I just don't remember what the roster was at the time when Jackson when Allen Robinson hit free agency. Uh, it, it might not even have been Crabtree. It might have been after that, but it that does not help your argument. So I know. I was fans. just like, I was like, man, like, why, why are so many people against getting a really, really good player? It, it, it just goes to show, like, you got to start allowing yourself to absorb or at least pay attention to roster turnover and how quickly things change for an NFL roster at any given position. You know, like. It wasn't that long ago that the 49ers had an insanely good Alden Smith and a really solid Ahmad Brooks, you know, and, and, and we saw how quickly that absolutely evaporated. And if you would have brought up 
signing a good pass rusher during that time, people would be like, no, we're good. We got these two. Like, if you get a chance to sign good football players, you should Do probably it. get good, good football players. But the goal is to get good football players on the team. Man. I know. I know. The 49ers were fined. Rob, we have not talked about that. Kyle Shanahan. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the one lied thing we haven't talked us. about. He lied he to did. us. He did. He said, yeah, we're just going to cancel practices. Don't worry about it. Uh, turns out, Mr. Shanahan, uh, the NFL told you to. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing that I first thought when they initially canceled the last week of OTAs and when that when their their punishment was initially announced like a week and a half ago, two, whatever it was, a month ago. Time just goes so fast right now. Um, I was like, well, what do you mean they canceled the last weeks of OTAs? Wasn't that their punishment? Of course they did. Like that's kind of what I thought, and then now the 49ers have been. I don't now. Did you get the? I have, and I have not heard anybody say this yet. Was this punishment in addition, or is this just further fleshing out the details of the punishment? Like, or did something else happen? So that's a good question. I think it's independent because OTAs and rookie minicamp are not the same, unless the NFL, their council management, whatever their group's called, I forget. Uh, unless they just lumped it all together, because um, here's what was it? So yeah, we have Kyle Shanahan being fined fifty thousand, which whatever, slap on the wrist. That's like a week's salary for him, <laughs> and uh, the team in general is fined a hundred thousand dollars, which isn't much. It's just saying, hey, don't do it again. We're watching, but I think you know, it, since the Niners were already reprimanded, I imagine it's different. Unless they're just getting it all out there right now. The, I think the real question is, will we ever know? Will we ever find out? Well, I just, I, I didn't understand the, the vagueness of it. Like the, the punishment was specific, but the why wasn't very specific uh, other than, you know, violating the practice rules. And I, I just couldn't discern if it was relating to what they were already punished for or what it had already come out for. If it was in addition, like they did something again, and this was their next level punishment because two other teams were punished, the Cowboys and the Jags, and both of their punishments were worse as far yeah. as money goes. Yeah. Jags so double, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Both other teams were, were doubled. So I just didn't really understand what was, you know, if I wonder if, if that is the case, just because the money isn't the same, then it was because that Dion Lenore Hall of Fame rep that cost that the team rep. practices. <laughs> it was so good he cost the team practices. I know, man. I wonder if they're taking that hundred grand out of his paycheck. Ooh, there goes your bonus, bud. I know he can't. He's only a fifth round pick. He can't exactly afford that shit. Right. Or, or fifth, if it was a fifth round pick, was he a fifth rounder? Or he was he later. Was six. Yeah. Yeah, he was later. So I mean, it's just. It's weird. It's a slap on the wrist, but it is something that the 49ers probably need to be concerned about now because the next time probably would involve draft picks uh, if they had to come at them again. And that's not something you want to you want to mess with. So I'm kind of scrolling through my notes here. Obviously, both Patrick Willis and I guess we haven't mentioned that yet. Uh, former 49ers wide receiver John Taylor and linebacker Patrick Willis are both being inducted into the the 49ers Hall of Fame. Congrats um, to both of them. That's great. Um, I think the next time we talk about Patrick Willis, hopefully it is him getting inducted into Canton, which will happen, I imagine, sooner than later. John Taylor I think was cool. so. He was, uh, he was reminiscing a lot, and he spoke with the media on Thursday. And he, uh, 
he was really good just as far as opening up, telling stories. He told a funny story about him, him and Bill Walsh. He said that Bill Walsh <laughs> didn't believe that he was a good punt returner. And he, he said – long strider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said the first three returns, he broke one for like 20 yards. Then he got tackled by the punter on the second one. And then he went to the house on the third one. And he walked by Bill Walsh and said, who told him I wasn't going to – you weren't going to be good. And he kind of said something to him. And they both started laughing. So it was cool to see him reminisce. Um, I don't think that there was much to take away. Willis said he likes what the linebackers are doing. He said he likes he's – in, he's interested to see, you know, what D'Amico Ryans has. I have something for you that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it is oh, 49ers sweet. related. And it's just three questions. Um, okay. First one, which 49ers player takes – a big career step this year. Oh, forward? Yes. Uh, let me scan the roster real quick. I have an answer. Just kind of burst onto sure the scene, I guess, is what is what I like. A Justin Jefferson from the Vikings or like Herbert from the Chargers or. Okay. Let um, me, uh, let me roll through this real quick. I guess my answer wouldn't really fit like with that. Let me see here. My answer was I, which is, that was, that was my answer too. Um, I think I, he's going to be like a – as long as he's got some good quarterback play, which I think he kind of should have with the way they've set themselves up. I think he's like a 1,300-plus. He know, went probably. 748 with CJ. And right, Mullins, right. So. I think he's going to be right around 1,300 and flirting with, with 8 to 10 touchdowns. Yeah, yeah I like that. That's he would have been my He would have been my answer. Um, maybe I, – I want to try and go somebody – I mean, one of the, my bold predictions was that uh, Jason Verrett makes the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. So if I wanted to go to the defensive side of the ball, not that that would anybody any would shock anybody, but I think it would just be really, really cool to see his story just keep going. You know, like I don't want this one season to be the end of it. You know, I want to see him. Let's watch him for two consecutive years. We deserve this. I know, man. And so does he. <laughs> so does he. Uh, because there's a lot of people in this world that don't have that kind of heart. That's it's pretty special. Um, yeah, with, I, I, with that, I you take my to take it one step further. I would go as far to say as I would make him the focal point of the offense. Uh, yeah, he's that good. He yeah. really is that good. And and my little shades of Devontae Adams was the the closest I can get now. In my opinion, and it is slightly biased because he went to Fresno State, but I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. Like, I just – and it, it's just because I'm probably just kind of enamored with the way he moves, you know, and – and should be. And, and I, I know. And I saw I saw a little bit of that in Brandon Ayuk, and the difference is, is Brandon Ayuk is quite a bit – has quite a bit less experience at the position. And I know he said that he watched a lot of Devontae Adams. So if Brandon Ayuk, I know you listen to the Strike and Gold podcast, um, keep watching him, please, and just do whatever he does because he's that damn good. And it, uh, I just saw little things that you wouldn't expect to see from a guy, from one, a rookie, period, and two, a rookie with not even, you know, not a whole lot of experience at the wide receiver position or at the very least, playing it at a high level against high level competition. So I expect big things from him, but you said you had three questions. I did. Um, first of all, let's backtrack real quick. Uh, great question, by the way, as far as whoever asked who Ayuk watches growing up and got him to get that Devonta Adams question. Anyway, uh, <laughs> who will be the first defensive player to score a touchdown last year? It was only one Javon Kenlaw year before when, you know, they were, 
essentially it's felt like they're scoring all the time on defense. Uh, Kello got one, Warner got one, obviously Jared Goff, uh, and then the first two, Richard Sherman and Kello in the week one. Um, and then DeForest DeFor- Buckner. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give it to Jimmy fucking Ward. Oh, it's time, huh? Yeah, it's just it's time. <laughs> He's rocking I, I, a new I, number. Right. I I I I don't have you know, I could see it just as well being Fred Warner. Um I don't necessarily think it'll be a corner. Um I yeah, I could see it being Fred Warner or Jimmy Ward. Those are those are my two picks. I love that. So I love the idea of what one of think? the guys who changed their numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um but my pick, I'm going to go with K1 Williams. I think the ball is going like to bounce his way, whether that's off a deflection, whether he picks up a fumble, whatever it may be. Um, and I think he's going to he's going to get that that defensive touchdown, that first defensive touchdown. I kind of hoped that he was going to go to number four, so, you know, cut that number two off, and you just have one, two, three, four in the secondary. But that's just getting too greedy. <laughs> uh, okay, last one. This It'd be too five. easy for Ons fences. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, okay, last one, most fun one. Who is most likely to make fans throw things at their televisions in frustration? Ooh, give me a sec. You already said Mike Berlinti, who fans hate. Um, fan, <laughs> fans do not like Eric Armstead. This is weird. Um, right. It's, you could say Jimmy Garoppolo, or you could say Trey Lance. Uh, I think my answer would have been would have been Jimmy Garoppolo, because if he goes out there and and does Jimmy things, I, at the same time, I mean maybe that promote maybe that will still draw a, a throw things at the TV reaction because but they're just going to be yelling that they need to put Trey Lance in while they're throwing the things at the TV. It's going to suck for Jimmy just because he could just throw an incompletion. He could just miss a pass because quarterbacks miss passes in the NFL, believe it or not. And as soon as he does that, oh my goodness, man. Um, it's it's just going to kind of snowball and the backlash that he's going to receive this year is going to be a little over the top, I imagine. So um, yeah, they, it's, and that's kind of part of the reason why I thought they would roll with a rookie just because like, they're going to be on his ass a lot, man. And, not, and when I say they, I mean like fans just, and of course, organizations, million dollar organizations, billion dollar organizations don't care about that. But the pressure, like you can't ignore that, especially if it goes into a downward spiral. My answer, Kyle Shanahan, because um, surprisingly, just tweeting from Niners Nation's Twitter handle, people do not like Kyle Shanahan on Sundays. They love him from Monday to Thursday, though. Uh on like third downs, whenever they if they call a wrong pass play or they run the ball when they don't think they run they should run the ball or if they're throwing the ball too much because the running game is working, whatever it may be, somebody's not getting the ball enough. Whether it's George Kittle in the end zone, whether it's giving Raheem Mostert more than two carries a game, uh, they find ways to just. People often want a new head coach on Sunday, so I think it's going to continue to be Kyle Shanahan because he's just an easy scapegoat just because he calls the plays. It's interesting. Yeah, I get. I mean, but people people bitching about the decisions Kyle Shanahan makes always impress me. But it's not that he's infallible. It's just like, are you sure you want to go down that route? Because <laughs> you don't trust me. How how far are you going to get before you run into a? Oh man, okay. Like, uh, but going back to what you just said, like I've never understood why people get pissed off at Eric Armstead. Like he was a first round pick. He was a guy that 
not nearly as rough as Jason Verrett, but had a couple seasons to start off with, season-ending injuries, and now he's come on and he's become a really good player. Like he might not be like like a ten sack Eric Armstead, like he was that got close to that one season, but he's a really, really, really solid defensive lineman. And I, I just really don't understand like what like what about him frustrates you. It comes down to sacks. Yeah, it, it, it's a box score type of game for a lot of folks, and and I understand that, but in his case he does a ton for the team like a lot and he allows them to do a lot on defense as far as kicking inside playing outside and base hold he's a tremendous run like an unbelievable run defender and he wins a lot as a pass rusher he just doesn't finish in the way that you know people should or you know ends do but he like drops back in coverage and looks comfortable i i like him a lot man yeah he's I like Eric Armstead, and I, and I was not a a huge fan of that draft pick when it was like because that was one you know this was the Trent Baalke era where everybody knew everything the 49ers were going to do before they did it, um, so everybody knew the 49ers were going to take Armstead, and I wasn't into it then. But the dude has overcome some injuries and developed into a really really good player, and I can guarantee you that when offensive lines or offenses go up against the 49ers defense. There might only be one or two players on that defense that they feel like they need to account for or focus on before they get to Armstead. Like, you know, you got Fred Warner and you got Nick Bosa and then probably Eric Armstead's the next guy they're worried about. Yeah, like, he, he's more proven than Kinlaw at this point. Like, that's not – he had a better season rushing the passer than Kinlaw. And yeah, I know Kinlaw was in his first year and they play different positions – but the attention was going towards Eric Armstead last year, and he still had a productive season. It just didn't show up in the sack, uh, the sack column. I swear to this day, I will die on this hill. The <laughs> first half of the season in 2019, yes, he was a rookie, but he's not a normal rookie. Armstead had a better first half of the season than Bosa. I just felt like he gave out. He was playing way too many snaps. And then once guys started to go down, you know, they're, they're missing some guys for a few games that um, he's, his legs just kind of gave out on him. And, uh, his production went down, but just a really good player, man. Yeah, well, and it was like when when people expected more from DeForest Buckner as a rookie, and DeForest Buckner was playing like ninety seven percent of <laughs> yes. the snaps yes. or ninety eight percent. I'm like, dude, like the dude. It's just amazing that he's standing upright out there. Like, we just need to we just need to relax, man. Like he's he's a great player, man. He had 13 quarterback hits last year and he's had more, you know, 12, 18 and 13 over the last three years. Like, and then if you go into the pro football focus stats, as far as pressures goes and run stops, the numbers will probably get even more impressive. So it's just one of those things where it's more of, if you want to be with impressed, impressed with Eric Armstead, then try and get yourself some, some like some all 22 and just watch him on, on, on a play by play basis. Whether yeah, he, even if the play's not going to him. That's a good point. He's definitely a guy that you have to kind of dig into a little bit and kind of see what he does for the team on first and second down or how he sets guys up on third down. So it's it's he is the epitome of a team player on defense, and I think if, that's what makes him special. If the 49ers wouldn't have paid Eric Armstead and they let him go, somebody else would have paid him more than the 49ers paid him. No doubt you about know, it. Like, like not he would, even debatable. Yeah, right, right. Well, shit, man. We When we hopped on here, I was like, man, all we have to talk about is state of the – 
state of the franchise? Like, how the fuck are we going to make a podcast out of this? And 52 minutes later, hey, hey, and, hey. and sure, of course, uh, you know, some some off topic stuff. But, hey, if you if you can't handle me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best. OK, <laughs> we, we're going to leave the, the nice, gentle listeners with that uh, lovely line from Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I quote memes that I see on on the Internet. But please tweet that. <laughs> just with no context yes um at 9 30 at night <laughs> they'll be like everything okay rob everything okay at home <laughs> um yeah man i mean obviously we're it's the it's the off season and we're officially if 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 talking about leaving with a little bit of positivity it's officially july july 1st when we're recording this the 49ers start training camp this month so I don't give a shit if it's the most of the month away. The 49ers start training camp this month. So let that soak into your bones a little bit, uh, along with the fact that fans will be allowed to attend. And uh, and the NFL season is is right around the corner. So I'm stoked. Um, go, uh, what is it, Thursday? Watch the uh, You guys should watch the Formula One race this weekend. It starts a little bit later. I think the race starts at like 8 a.m. It normally starts at 6 a.m. because they're on like other parts of the world. So Watch, I, I dude, I've become a massive Formula One fan ever since that, that Drive to Survive show came on Netflix. Wow. Now, I've always been a huge racing fan, like I said, go kart track in the backyard, but never got into Formula One just because most of it takes place overseas. Watch that show. Now I'm super into it. Watch the race this weekend if you get a chance. It's fun. And they don't take forever. NASCAR races are like four hours long, and uh, a Formula One race is like a quick like hour and 15, hour and 30. So. Anyways, I, I figured I'd end with um, a pos- positivity and again, wandering off topic. So enjoy it. Um, appreciate everybody, especially sticking through. If you've, if you've gotten 54 minutes of this podcast, then you're a ride or die. And I appreciate it. So keep listening. Keep sticking with us. I appreciate it. Make sure you do all the rate, review, subscribe, download, all that great stuff because it, it's what makes the wheels turn. I appreciate it. Um, hey, that's KP. I'm Rob, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.